0: officially hello everybody (laughs) great that we already heard from some of you um thank you so much
1: Turia and 154 to for inviting us Julia and I my name is Yvette Mutumba this is Julia Große we are the uh, co-founders and editors-in-chief of the art magazines contemporary and contemporary and American Latina and we are very happy to moderate this um, talk tonight um we have three very amazing ladies um, and we're very happy that we can share this platform with you. And um, yes, we are also in a very specific moment right now. I mean, there is the, the Corona crisis, but there's also a lot of going on in the U.S. and it has, you know, the waves have uh, reached uh, Europe and um, I think especially those of us who have been doing the work that we do for many years um, have also a lot of questions that come with that Hmm. and also a lot of questions that we want to ask um, institutions that haven't done that work for a long time. Um, In another conversation there was came this quote up to say that um, requests now have to become requirements and I think this is a very good um, point to make um, that this might be should be the moment after many decades now to look at the structures that we all know very well within the art world. Um, And so what we're going to do is Julia is going to briefly introduce um, our three panelists and then we just dive right in with some questions. Uh, The panelists will be around 45 minutes Mm -hmm. and then we have a little bit more time left for your questions, which you can leave in the chat there.
2: Okay, next to the car park yes.
1: on, <laughs> Exactly. which we're gonna love to answer <laughs> as
2: well if you like, so yeah, welcome, and thanks so much for the invitation as well from from my side um as you said, it's a yeah quite urgent, pressing um moment and and topics we all you know talking and thinking and reading about every minute it feels like this, and um this evening's topic is the question how to challenge institutions to break their exclusive structures and in a way this is not a new question to us because we've been asking these questions the institutions for years and in a way um maybe it's now or maybe it is a good moment to say okay um this is a different moment uh, from maybe i don't know the last years um or from three four years ago maybe um we can't go back in time which would you know, or can't go back, which would be um, amazing. Maybe things are uh, finally changing, and uh, sustainable changes will um, maybe um, maybe start now. So this is what we want to discuss with you, ladies. So first of all, I'm gonna introduce um, um, our three panelists uh, in alphabetical order. I start with um, Zepake uh, Angiyama, is uh, the artistic director of the. Institute for International Visual Art, InIVA, in uh, London. Uh, Angiama's praxis stems from radical pedagogies, uh, black feminist poetics, rethinking human, non-human relation and roots itself in how we might imagine and innovate the world otherwise. Uh, Previously, she was the co-curator of the third um, Chicago Architecture Biennial and uh, Head of Education at Documenta 14 and Manifesta European Biennial of International Art. Welcome. <laughs> um, born and raised in Morocco, uh, Turia El-Glawi uh, completed her education in New York before uh, beginning a career in the banking industry as a wealth management consultant. Um, after 10 years in the field, she uh, relocated to, uh, relocated to uh, London where she initiated 154 Contemporary African uh, Art Fair in 2013. Uh, She has since launched the fair in New York in 2015, as well as in Marrakesh in 2018. Hello, thanks so much again for the invitation. And uh, Lynette Kamala uh, is an artist, educator and director of Lincoln Art. Uh, Her passion for enriching the lives of others through art, well-being and education is um, demonstrated by partnerships with uh, numerous organizations spanning over 30 years. Um, deeply rooted in community empowerment, her socially engaged um, creative practice ranges from developing school uh, leaders, developing school leaders to uh, taking up space through uh, carnival culture. Uh, Lynette is also president of the University of the Arts, London alumni of color association and board director of the fantastic multimedia carnival, which I find amazing. (laughs) So thanks so much. uh, ladies, and um, thanks so much for inviting us. And um, I'm going to dive in into um, the first question, um, starting with a quote. Um, The New York-based art critic um, Antoine Sargent um, recently wrote uh, in a statement for CN. I'm coming back closer. He wrote in a statement for CN, um, quote, the museums now posting Black Lives Matter are the same ones who have participated in the social death of black folks mm. do black lives matter on your curatorial team or board do they matter in your collections and shows board and um and i was wondering um or asking all three of you how do you see um the current uh, current situation um are institutions in the us in europe in london um socially responsible to in a way Um, by having stayed passive uh, on structural racism for too long.
0: Who wants to start?
3: (laughs) Well, it's a big question. Yes, true. Um, I mean, I think the question I have is uh, maybe more about why have we waited so long to make Mm -hmm.
0: demands, maybe? But so yeah. then
3: it it took me down a path of thinking about, you know, am I complicit actually in mm-hmm. um in not making demands more visible?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and you know, sadly it's taken the 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 kind of coronavirus, which I think actually started to make yeah. the fault lines more visible within yeah. our yeah. societies. Yeah and especially at the record number of um, black and brown communities who are affected by this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think this was one aspect Mm -hmm. uh, that I think was really a universal experience. We, I think we all witnessed that and you could not unwitness it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, I think to then also bear witness to the murder of George Floyd. But I have to say, even in the lead up to that, there were some other, you know, key, I think, incidences that I think mm-hmm. were adding to the pressure pot. So, yeah. Um, I think, in some way, this, we yeah, yeah, you might describe it as the epicentre. And, you know, from there, there was a rupture and a ripple that kind of we we felt across the world. But, if anything, in each of our localities, in each of our geographies, there are social injustices that um that actually some people have been voicing for a very long time Mm -hmm. um and whether it goes unheard or if it i don't know it's kind of seen somehow as yes something that just is happens that's just part of life but um i think it's become really clear uh, Mm -hmm that this isn't a way that we can continue yes um and of course its roots go far far you know we can go back to this 1492 moment where basically you know capitalism and racism are enshrined and any institution that comes after that is part of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um there's a lot of work to do you know Absolutely.
4: Mm-hmm. Lina, maybe you yes, wanna... to read uh, about those numbers um, and I think that was a talk maybe you know during one of the scandal of the whitney Biennale in 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 new york um and uh, I think they had done i think the american association museum um organization a survey already at that time, which was i think two years ago mm-hmm. uh, and um, the numbers were four percent um of african american in um you know curators administrate uh, you know high administrators uh, educators you know in museums um, um. And those questions were raised, and I mean, for me, who started this fair with this mission of inclusion you know of artists from uh the African continent or the you know the African diaspora, this is a you know things that we've seen um coming up quite often um now, maybe the difference i think uh with what's happening right now, what Sepake said is that there's definitely um a demand for action rather than you know just uh um, and I think this is maybe the, the, the real difference because those topics, you know, we've heard, we've seen already, like at <laughs> least during my life of 154, uh, they, they came about several times, you know, and that we're still dealing with the same requests. So now it's no more a request, it's an action. Yes, yes.
0: absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um,
4: I would like to say
5: certainly, you know, there's without a doubt a sense of, urgency now I think mm. one the things that have been mentioned around the current COVID-19 the fact that people have been in a way forced to be still to notice this is as we've said before this isn't new we know this mm. um, but there's something different about the fact that so many people and of course we have technology as well that's made a big difference as well to things mm. but um, if we talk about institutions one of the, the areas that Clearly, I've done a lot on and, and the mainly work rooms in the education institutions, particularly with the British system. Um, and we can go right back. I mean, I'm I'm a child of Jamaican immigrants. I was born in the United Kingdom. I grew up in the 1970s. You know, so I say that because on the one hand, there has been significant change and progress from just what I experienced as a child and, and people, you know, generations before. But in in saying that, there's also... Uh, this feeling that here we go again in terms of this also, in a way for me, doesn't quite feel, feel new, if that makes sense. So, you know, thinking back to mm-hmm. seminal texts such as uh, Bernard Connard's, uh, how the West Indian child is made education is subnormal in the British school system, for example, that was back in 1960, you know, and if you look at what was being spoken about then, and, mm-hmm. what, and that was of with the educational institution for yes. particularly folks on black children, um, and I will say a bit more later on, but that's the thing about why is it that we keep going back over the same thing. So I'm mm-hmm. particularly interested in what's being said that, you know, it's not a moment, it's a movement and really the momentum and the, the mm-hmm. opportunity to do things very different. Um, I'm really encouraged and energized actually by what I'm seeing, particularly that's the fact that yeah. yeah, this, you know, so this is uh, for sure a moment where, um, yes, it's a moment, with something because it's definitely shifted, but mm-hmm. it's about whether we, you know, how do we con- continue that momentum and how does it literally? Um, I'm just thinking of those amazing scenes and the placards that are being carried, you know, and held up. And the one that stood out for me was, you know, racism is, is a pandemic. That one really. Mm-hmm. And what do you do with a pandemic? You know, you want to eradicate it. You want that. So in terms of, you know, institutions, it goes very deep. It's generational. Um, it's complex it's all these things and we all have our personal stories as well so I'm very mindful of those of us you know joining us with this session right now will be coming from different angles as well and I just want to kind of mention that because even terminology there's conversations happening now about the term black right in terms of the language that's has been used as well and so forth Mm. Yeah, I think that is
1: an um, important point, for example, with us being based in Germany, there's mm. this huge issue if it comes to certain words that you can okay. use in English, for example, race, and yeah. the German word is a very different connotation yeah. and, and so on. So it really depends on where you are also in that whole discussion. And um, yeah. maybe picking up on these things that you just mentioned also, Lynette, with these continuities, with things having changed, but also we have seen a lot. And I think that's why also i guess also that counts for us um are really also infected by it and encouraged, but there is for me at least there's still this last bit of skepticism
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: because uh, mm-hmm. of course it's bigger than it happened before but it's like just okay yes how can we grasp this and yeah. what does that mean and um that's why i wanted also to ask you um Sipake, working for an institution like Innova, which is one of those major institutions who have done the work for like many mm-hmm. decades ago and have been sort of paving the way and have certainly contributed also to changing certain narratives by just saying, we are building our own institution. It's not even about, you know, going into those structures of other institutions, but just doing that. Um, And Mm -hmm. uh, now it's, you know, would be really interesting to hear What that means to you in a sense of apart from maybe all sorts of people now suddenly asking you for statements or things like that, but also as someone who's worked intensively in in education. So you have also not only that sense of being the leader of an institution, but also know how important education is if it comes to these um,
3: questions. Mm. So I think, you know, something that uh, it might be the same for you, but it's definitely my experience actually from um the moment of lockdown um there became a sort of moment of also institutions coming together
0: mm-hmm.
3: um but maybe it's also this moment of crisis right so that you know in moments of crisis you find other kind of radical forms of sharing knowledge information um and so that was something that was quite interesting and actually again this wave of coming together happened specifically i would say yeah, after um, the murder of George Floyd, so um, specifically, um, you know, black artists, directors, um, artistic directors, or curators, or artists, and different generations, different geographies, mm-hmm. um, and I think that um, I think as a as innova needs to be really. kind of platform that allows for conversations to happen between generations because that's one thing i recognize is that there's those conversations um they're happening with maybe and it makes sense of course because in some ways that there is um if you're a generation of people coming out of art school at a similar time and you're showing work at a similar time there's a kind of network of friends that would gather around practices Mm -hmm. um i know that there is Uh, Also, I'd say between, yeah, different generations, there has been a, there's been some frustration that there should be more help from the older generations because they've already been through it and how could they support. Mm -hmm. In some ways, there's been some of those conversations going on. So um, partly, I think it's important to allow those conversations to happen uh, in terms of it's if the result of those conversations is that um, people decide that they need their own space that's something mm-hmm. that's important to allow to flourish. Innova cannot be the only space Um mm-hmm. I think its importance for me is really about being a place which has an archive and a collection that shows there is a history to the practices that mm-hmm. are um, emergent and shows that there are also um, there's a continuum of a dialogue that can happen between. So that's something I think that's that's really important. Also to say that about opacity is something I found is really important as well, which is that, um, yeah, one artist came to me and said, you know, um, Myself and a number of other other Black artists are being approached by different institutions to be part of their panels and their discussions. And we really think that Innova needs to be the one to make this this discussion. Mm -hmm. And and I said, we need to perform a completely different set of politics. Because Mm -hmm. um, for Innova, it's not about performing the politics of Blackness. Mm -hmm. Um, It needs to be a space that is enriching and supportive of artistic practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really important that th- those conversations are centered on um on, on the practices of those artists and how they want to bring their practice into the world and not about performing a politics of blackness for an institution. That's I think that's really important for us. Yeah.
5: yeah. You touch upon a really interesting point about who should be leading on, on this conversation as well in terms of mm. uh, that's happening in, in various forms. Um, I saw someone had mentioned about, you know, being that uncomfortable, being uncomfortable, having those conversations. Um, a- again, I, I'm just thinking about even, there's lots of things out there in terms of terminology with unconscious bias and training. A- again, it's like, with education plays such a massive part. I think the first thing is, Um, people need to to become aware and and need to know and to read up and never in a time have we had so much information at our fingertips in a way that you know so it can almost be overwhelming but it can also be people are sort of saying but i don't know what do i do you know all all of these things but Mm. uh, i think that's a starting point in terms of at least get an understanding and don't necessarily expect that to be a black person or someone of color to to be the one to do that because you know, you talked about intergenerational conversations, um, it mm. changes, right? So I'm, I'm from the, the generation, the age where, for, based on my parents' experience, they expected a certain standard with education, for example, right? So mm. you could not really have that conversation, which was when I was growing up in London in the UK schools in the 1970s and 80s, where we would be, out, you know, openly, you'd have teachers being absolutely racist with us and violent and you know witnessed students being beaten up and so on literally by the teachers, you could not then go back home and have that conversation and, and say that because there was like no way that would happen. Um, of course that's changed over time. Um, but I think and again, you know, th- there will be different dynamics with that depending on what you're experiencing in the environment that you're in. But I think that thing about at least we all need to come from a place of understanding and I would say kindness, right? Because Sometimes it's really painful and I do hear it and I get it with, you know, I'm going to be turning 50 this year, right? So I get it with the younger generation sort of saying, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you, you know, there is also that bit to, to understand as well. We're talking about deep traumatic experiences as well. Mm-hmm. So how do we even hold and deal with that side of things? And I'm really grateful. Um, and it's things that I explore for my, my own work. I mean, that's why I use my, my art in that way. Um, Mm. I was doing the whole thing around the state of education, I called it, where I Mm. didn't actually have the words to explore um, and to capture the huge grief that was out there, particularly for, um, if you talk again about institutions, Mm. often people will say, well, we don't have representation, there aren't um, enough black people in leadership. Well, again, think about, well, why? What happens? It's not just about recruiting. It's not just about having someone on that panel or in that position. Or on that board or even in that job yeah look at what happens how are they supporting it i can go on and on so there's a real it involves everybody but i think as well just having that understanding that we are coming from different places yes there's the unifying fact um of the again talking about the experience of being black and what that means globally mm. but then the different nuances of that so mm-hmm. um, another example i would give i, I you know, i've met someone um again quite doing you know out there doing lots of work very well known etc and i was they hadn't they said they hadn't really experienced racism in in this country growing up i was really shocked i was like wow you know someone had said that and that just was not their reality it's a rare thing to say right but there, there was that too so um i just think in terms of while we're having these conversations to also bear in mind the human emotional you know that that deep-rooted element as well um and that it goes it's not just in the present it's you know there's trauma sits within the body right so there's stuff that we might not even be aware of that will be stirred up as well and that will be brought out when we're having these conversations and i just feel that when you know, we've all been busy and people are ringing and, and absolutely, you know, we're seeing our colleagues and friends on the TV and new people. We've been doing this, for, we've been just talking about this, we've been doing this work for a very long time. Um, so it is a little bit, in a way, overwhelming, as I say, but um, how do we support each other? How do we go forward with this? Um, because, as I said, it's, it's deep, challenging, mm-hmm. uncomfortable, hard work which can play a big toll will take a big toll on on people's mental health and well-being for sure Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. yeah thanks so much um i think one aspect you know you both talked about um this generational aspect and a big hope which we have as well you know by working with young young people uh, at contemporary and the young generation you know we have such Big hopes, and um, in in you know these uh, the next generations growing up, um, um, you know how their approach is maybe so different from our approach already. How they think about um, um, the world, even ideas of racism, etc. And um, this is yeah, we yeah, have really big hope hope in the youngsters. And um, I was wondering, coming back to the question, how to challenge institutions to break the exclusive structures. Um, mm-hmm. You know, very often the argument um, of institutions when you ask why is your staff so not diverse you know, why is it so white where, where are the non-white um, 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 team members in, in, you know, in your structure um, the answers are very often like oh we would love to uh, to have uh, you know a more diverse structure but um they just don't apply or you know we could couldn't find anyone you know to um um you know, to, to become a part of the team, or, you know, we didn't have any applications by, um, by um, like potential um, um, people to join our team. And obviously, um, this, is, this is, you know, the wrong approach. And we wanted to ask you, um, why do you think this is, you know, a kind of lame excuse? Because, you know, you can always go the extra mile. This is something we do at Contemporary End as well. When we, for example, say, uh, we do mentoring programs with young um, um, art writers. For example, uh, we did, or we do the current one in in Egypt, and um, we want to invite young writers from Egypt, who not necessarily have to write the texts um, for us in English, but in Arabic. If, for example, education-wise, they didn't attend an international school and learned English, yeah, and that's why we thought, no, you know, we don't want to have the usual suspect English-speaking international. Um educated um young writers, but writers who uh, feel more comfortable to, to to write in arabic and that was an extra mile. It took us more emails more phone calls more you know we had to dig deeper within our network to to um to find these um um potential um youngsters to to apply but we found them in the end so um the question is um what do you think? um this extra mile or why is it important to go this extra mile and not you know lean on this lame oh you know no black person applied so that's why you don't have black black people in the team
4: well i can talk about our experience at 154 we're not an institution but it's um it's also the reality of, of things, and concrete example. Uh, mm-hmm. so first of all, you know, our team has been very diverse over the years. right now, it's not, but we are facing a situation where you often um, have to go from fair to fair, you know, move from one action to another and not automatically have the time to go the extra mile. Um, mm-hmm. And um, compared to the profile, you know, that are already, uh, you know, applying even sometimes without us asking for any, um, you know, we don't have any vacancy, we're a very small team, but we already have a list of 10 or 15 CVs. Who are willing, you know, to uh, do an internship work with us, you know, do this, and we usually pick from what we already have or had recommended to us, or just because also we 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 are running out of time usually. Mm-hmm. Um, now it is. It's, it's easy to say and we all know for example the extra times would mean, you know To get more people from the continent who obviously focus on Africa and the African diaspora, you know So for us, you know, the right fit would be somebody who's you know completely into this world, you know uh, In terms of art culture, etc. But uh, there's different, you know Also limitation in terms of and maybe you know, you said the extra mile But the visa issues are one mile that we have to face, you know They're coming here for education, then they have to leave back you know so we we're dealing with a circle of uh, of requirements of course we could go the extra mile and wait and have another six months of you know visa um, process and procedures and and support but there's also so the reality of the business it's a small business uh, mm-hmm. it goes really fast you know and uh, we have to be ready to the next one now saying all this <laughs> we mm-hmm. are entering a new <laughs> a new phase with the covid and the things are getting slower you know and obviously um, you know we also have been criticized for not having more diversity in our team and uh, in our case is not having men in our team as well we're a team of just girls you know so in terms of being diverse uh, um, uh, we have to go the extra mile on that one too um, but we want to work with more organization that could help us find a better profile or be in mentoring program where we can mentor somebody to become the right profile for us you know so this is definitely something we want to do but the thing we were not able to do before it's also the the pace of things in life you know where we we've been you know kind of in a rea- reacting mode all the time um mm-hmm. and uh, you know compared to maybe a big institution or a corporate world where you have an hr you know department that can you know make sure that those things are not happening we are obviously a team of four and sometimes six mm-hmm. you know so it doesn't um it doesn't mm-hmm. often reflect you know what we would like it to look like but you know based on different um situation we always try to have you know the most diverse advisory board they could from the beginning since 2013 Mm -hmm. so in our case we're able to definitely have a, a very interesting landscape of different um board member from uh, the continent, uh, from the diaspora here, Uh, so that we've been very proud since 2013 to be able to include um, different um, African members of the board and you know African uh, descent uh, board members here in London uh, from um, our forum and uh, educational um, program you know we're able to choose also a curator every year you know that um, to include you know more diversity but it's it it it, it is really challenging when it comes to recruiting Mm. and and this is where we find the most a challenge for us um, mm-hmm. Now, um, taking the time, working with organizations that exist, that, you know, uh, we've been uh, also guided towards too, uh, we'll mm-hmm. probably change that. And I think everybody should definitely make an effort in terms of uh, creating the right environment by, you know, using the right organization to recruit better and hire mm-hmm. you know, better in diversity.
5: Mm-hmm. I think it it touches upon, um, I've just been like making some notes, um, just going back to, you know, how do we even get to the stage of getting an an interview, you know, so again, I'm not going to go over things that many people watching this will be fully aware of, you know, um, in terms of applying, um, I've been, you know, someone who's been on that other side, having run five schools and trained school leaders and so forth, you know, you, you have that pile and um, and being that very often the only black person <laughs> around that table, you will see certain behaviours yeah. and you will call out certain behaviours and rest assured there are consequences often if you do call out certain behaviours. So yeah. that's one of the things and in fact it takes a, a lot, you know, if you think about certainly, again, there'll be different experiences, but if you look at the data um, sadly, in too many sectors, but particularly if we talk about again in education, maybe where it starts again. How do you even get to the point where you can feel that you have enough skills to apply for a role? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say any you know any young person who's almost like survived some of these uh, educational <laughs> structures, right? To get to that point is is going to be pretty awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But then there's the thing about positions of power, right? So um, who is the one to make make those final decisions? Yeah. Um, when you get of course when you get to the interview stage um, there's all of these unspoken things of uh, behavior how you look um, what your hair looks like all of these things right mm-hmm. that all play into um, whether there is even that acceptance um, yeah. and given and even that term even me saying that acceptance it's almost from a, a kind of deficit model right as if it's there's some some issue here but mm-hmm. i think absolutely um, networks play a huge part Yes. Um, I would say to, particularly to the younger people that I work with or anyone that I'm kind of advising like other artists um, it's all about networks it really is and um, sometimes that again how do you have access to those networks yes. who endorses you who who um, introduces you right um, again I, I can speak with you know authority in the way of education in terms of I've, it's a very small world um, in England and um, with regards to black educators and those who, who, you know, we've helped and I've helped and those who've, who have supported me. But also when you are there, who are you, who are you pulling up? Who are you supporting as well? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all that, all these things playing on top of, which don't necessarily if, um, sit with, if we're talking about someone who, who is going to focus, I'm going to keep saying the term black because th- this is really what has generated and triggered or, or what's happened, right? We call it yeah. the Black Lives Matters movement. But um, it, it is that because there are degrees of, again, acceptance and so on. So I think there's a, there's a lot in there, but certainly um, taken, you know, just, just doing it, just people need, to be the, people need to be that one to call things out. And I think that's the issue. So people who are in those positions, they are aware, they know. And there's a, there's a moment where they're gonna think, do I or don't they make that decision Mm -hmm. and it's often based on unfortunately selfish I feel possibly motives because as I said before there could be all sorts of consequences or ramifications of being the one to call out Mm -hmm. Um, let's just call you know discrimination racism or whatever just but being bold enough and courageous enough that's what's going to need to start happening and it's going to need to be done by those who are sitting with in those positions Um, And that's what I feel is quite, as I said, a real shift, and certainly in my lifetime, is I'm seeing more, I've never seen, for example, so many white people and young white people be at the forefront of this, um, in terms of they are saying, they're speaking up, and I think that's really helpful, actually, because for many of, of, um, as I said before, the younger Not just it's not an age thing actually, you know, people Mm. are tired as well. And sometimes when you're tired, you need to be supported and, and carried. So um there's lots of things around entry points, who who provides access, um, and the pressures once you are there, you know, not to mess up and not to, you know, to get it right, because otherwise, oh my goodness. And it is, you know, this is what also is held against people, right? If someone it's like oh no we can never again hire or mm-hmm. appoint. Yeah, yeah, gonna... my goodness so again it's that whole thing that you become a colour <laughs> or this thing you know not not a person not an individual yeah,
0: yeah.
3: um yeah. yeah i mean i would agree with a lot of that has been said and i think the issue is is that institutions are still working with a rhetoric of diversity and inclusion as opposed yeah. to thinking through if we recognize you know racism in terms of it's a it's a bias right so um we have to we have to then actively work against it so you have to think through anti-racism and equity or equality right so it's not it's and the language even the language of diversity and inclusion is 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 like sort of It's like you mentioned, um, Lynette, the word accepting. Like who is accepting whom? So, but, you know, even before that, I would say, um, you know, one of the experiences that has really helped me um, when I was kind of, you know, my sort of starting um, jobs, I asked the question, um, I was in a kind of training program and I'd asked the question, well, why do you think? that your institution is so white. And I wasn't asking it to be provocative. I just wanted to understand oh, yes. how, is it, how is it that way when we're in London, you know, like one of the most diverse cities in the world. Yes. And um, the person, uh, the head of education actually was really honest and she said, um, because, you know, when you're white, you um, employ someone who not only looks like you, but sounds like you. Mm -hmm. We're also now touching on a question of class. She was honest and I was really appreciative Mm -hmm. for the brutality of the honesty is that, then that's why you get this kind of, you know, homogenous groups of people who look and sound the same. Um, So, but what does that do in terms of culture? That means you're also going to, if, you, if, the, if there is a kind of dominant sense of what should be within institutions and mm-hmm. um, we have to admit we're, you know, operating within systems of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what is the result of that? Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, the result of that is that when you think, oh, okay, yeah, we need to be more diverse. And then you act in this kind of, actually in a kind of, um, um, in a way of thinking of through tokenism. And that's also not helpful. Of course. So it's, it's, a, it's not just a shift in, um, you know, institutional practice, it's a shift in our minds, there's a big shift that needs to be made. And that's not just for, um, you know, white directors, it's also for black directors. I mean, myself personally, I was never educated by a black teacher. I've never had a black uh, teacher mm-hmm. not in my um, nursery, my primary, my secondary, my university education. I, I never had a black teacher. So,
0: um,
3: what does it mean? There is an, it means there's an element of self-education when you want Mm -hmm. to look outside the confines Mm -hmm. of your own education, then you have to search for it yourself. And, you know, that is a lifelong process of, you know, unlearning a lot of the things that um, you, un- you understand about yourself in some ways. It might mean listening to your mother a bit more than you would like to admit. Um, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's about understanding the our kind of culture of, um, yeah, of of maybe um, thinking much more, I guess, more about hybridity. So it's like about the fact that, you know, you might have, like, home cultures, so, you know, the way that you operate and act with your family and within your home, and then you have, like, uh, this other culture that, you you know, just within maybe the workspace, the professional space, um, and I sort of think, you know, how do we reconcile these two cultures? How do we, and it's really, I mean, for me, I'm also mixed heritage, so, you know, sometimes when my mum would say she's Jamaican and she would say, "Oh, you know, we don't do that," she's talking about the Jamaican people. Yeah, she's it's not nice. about, my dad's side is the Nigerians that you know we don't do that. That's another side. So it's like I
0: know.
3: <laughs> it's complexity. You know, we have to deal with and um, and sometimes I think um, uh, within the kind of let's say because really to come back to this point of like, okay, so then what do we need to sort of shift within our practices we need to understand that within the institution itself we don't have all of the answers so for example when you are um if you're if you really are truly wanting to make a shift within your organization it's not just about recruitment processes it's also about the ongoing care and infrastructure of infrastructure of care and support that is needed in order to sustain change within your organization because as we know we're creatures of habit so we will To what we know, but we need to if we're going to stay within, you know, the trouble. If we're going to move with the feeling of um feeling uncomfortable, or you know, we have to. We need to work on it. It's not something that just is going to come to us naturally.
1: No, yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean, there's so many things um we could obviously expand on, but um, we already need to come to our final question before Mm -hmm. we open up. And I would I would just like to. To kind of pick up on certain things that you said and sense of um, what that means in the younger generation But also you know coming back to our question how we can challenge the institutions I mean Zipaka you already mentioned certain things but also in a way for example the other day we were in a group zoom with um, black artists that are based here in Berlin and we were talking about the concrete like, request not by requirements that and we actions, would know, yeah. on actions yeah. that should be implemented. So, we can mm-hmm. be clear that it has to be about that. And also, at the university where we are teaching, for example, we had this discussion where we said, actually, uh, we were not interested in putting out a statement before mm-hmm. we don't know what we're actually gonna do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, it has to be connected to that. Um, and so, in many ways, for example, when we talked with the group of black artists, um, there was this, I think, interesting shift in a sense that many said, well, actually what um, many of us will do, those who can afford it, they won't take up any engagement if the institution doesn't meet the requirements that they should. Mm. So um, with really coming with that idea that, you know, often, as you all mentioned, many people are getting all these requests anyway. But even more like saying, okay, if there's like this theater or like this museum that want me on a panel, that want me to do a performance. And if I feel like this is very tokenistic because they put out this one statement and then now they're inviting me and I don't see how this is something that goes deeper, I say no. So it didn't, it, it even went so far that this idea came up to build a fund for those artists who can't that afford term. to say no yeah. so that they can't say no. Uh, so that they get then, through that fund, uh, the means that they can support, that they can survive. So I was just wondering whether there is something, um, that's a question to all three of you, that is maybe uh, close to your heart or that where you feel like now is the moment to really say, this is what should happen, uh, or this is what um, we or the people I work with um, should ask for or,
0: yeah i suppose a restructuring of resources sorry <laughs> oh, that's it a restructuring of
3: resources yes,
1: yes. yeah mm. absolutely mm.
5: sorry I, yeah i say just hold into account because one what's positive is that on the one hand yes some statements are being made there's a lot to be said about the silence there's yes. some mm-hmm. that could not even say anything because mm-hmm. you all know right so on the one hand, is that so I think those that have come out and have said something that's good because great. Well, and that's why there's been the challenge in a way, and it's also been the challenge for those that haven't. But it's about going forward. So, how do we find solutions? So, I would say, um, you know, I'm just thinking about how I've kind of often turned things around and have really shifted and, and brought about improvements. It, sometimes, like, even people think they can just write a policy, you can just say, we will not discriminate, right? okay Mm -hmm. well let's look at that let's just pull that you know so some institutions um if you're you know you're on the one hand it's about all the different departments everyone speaking together and being aware of this so there's no point a creator Mm. or cultural organizer or whoever putting on this amazing diverse representational of artists from all over and then Mm -hmm. i couldn't for example bring a group of students along because assumptions are going to be made or they're going to be treated a certain way by security of the organization yeah, yeah, yeah. it goes on every single level so yeah. I've, I, um, I haven't got like a simple answer to this but definitely there's that thing for a holistic approach
0: yeah
5: mm-hmm. i'm always mindful for that i will look at all aspects yeah there's yeah. what's written to what i feel and i see um yeah. I think that's the artist in me i'm picking up on all the senses right everything mm-hmm. um and also Speak to people, but you know, we're talking about not on the one hand, I'm not saying to find the solutions necessarily, because as I said, if you're not in that position of power, it's sometimes can be difficult. But having a voice, being able to be given a voice, and then to be truly listened, and then for, for there to be action, mm. there is so much out there. I mean, I'm seeing incredible, you know, 10 point plans of this is what needs to happen. Mm. Yes, admittedly, I can go back to the 1960s and look at some documents that said the same thing, yeah, yes, so, exactly. right? We know this, but. It's, it's in the context of now it's here so the answers are there it's about let's put the resources yeah behind it um, and let's stop just you know not just talking it has to be action and um, as I say what's in, encouraged with each generation they will do things differently we are in the places we are because of those that stood before us and what they sacrificed you know, I'm very mindful of, of my heritage and fact of being at what i call, you know I consider myself a living miracle quite frankly If i think about you know the, the, what's happened in my in terms of my lineage right mm. many others so the fact that pe- you know there is that willingness there are the ideas and um, people want to they've got the, the you know the solutions we've got many approaches i think it's about doing something it's not enough to just of course, mm-hmm. everyone. And as I'm saying, everyone who's who's here and who's joined us, you all in your own different ways. So again, I could pick any area. I would like. I'll, I'll keep going back to young people, right? Because that's just my life. I've dedicated my life to work Because everyone will know of a young person. Mm-hmm. Everyone, and it does. And I'm not talking about what color they are, what background. You can take an interest in what, what what's going on in that young person's life in terms of what yeah. they're being taught and yeah. educated. Absolutely. yeah and and you will have a way of you know helping and uh being al- alert into, and giving them a voice because as i said sometimes they won't have that voice so it's about each of us um being able to uh, do what we can and also you know what i loved as well i saw there's been like so many beautiful things on instagram where people have said we all have different parts to play some of us are going on marches some of us are writing letters some of us are um, resting <laughs> you know some <laughs> of us are and so forth it's amazing yeah, right but we yeah. all do. so there isn't as you know we I, I know what you're saying with the question but there isn't of course we know this one answer no, but I think it was to sum it would no, be like action it is like I'm not wait you know tired of waiting <laughs> yes
4: but I wanted to say yeah. that compared to the journey, you know, we started in 2013, there's been some positive changes as well. And I think Europe has definitely been, you know, uh, definitely leading the way compared to the U.S. in terms of inclusion, in terms of, you know, institutions um, taking a step in including even black content, you know, into their collection. Um, mm-hmm. Too late, not enough, but there's been, you know, some uh, some positive uh action taking by by some institutions um now there's definitely you know this whole thing about the statement you know Uh, some did it some didn't do it you know and I think as Lynette said what is important is being able to do your actions you know and to make sure that they actually are continuous and you know are happening so for us you know to be fair um, um, the sum of the statements you know uh, that uh, we've seen that fitted with us you know already because championing they include you know championing uh, black content in the art market you know we've been trying to do that since 2000 2013, you know, sometimes very successfully, sometimes less, but doing what we are doing. And since 2013, we've been seeing, you know, progress. Uh, so it is also important to, to, to mention not enough, not fast enough. And there's definitely a long journey to go. Um, but what I would say is the continuity is very important. So we've seen a lot of art fairs, you know, trying to, um, include, you know, um, uh, African focus. And I remember, uh, Uh, Yvette um, Yvette and Julia, that you were part of this, you know, creating in 2016. um, And that helped enormously, you know, at the Armory Show for the galleries you were able to include you know for that particular uh, year um, but again it was a one off you know yeah. so it's yeah. all about not being one offs but rather you know the continuity that is you know very important um, yeah. and even in those actions so even for us you know we might not have those discussion all the time but i think our commitment is to have them Uh, regularly you know uh, as much as we can because this is a topic that we cannot let go but now again when i think about it we have raised those questions since 2013 in our educational program as well Um, was it enough you know to do once a year a talk about this maybe we should do more you know over the year and it should be included you know on a regular um, on a regular basis but i definitely think the continuity of all our action Is what will make the difference. It's like making sure that it's not, um, you know, temporary uh, movement. And they always tell me about African art the same way. Like, is it, you know, a bubble is going to burst and nobody's going to care? And the truth is, like, everybody needs to care and for a very long, long time, you know, in the future. So this is what we're hoping. We're hoping that this is... um, Um, maybe, you know, some action are being started now, but that they're gonna be continuing in the future. And uh, those panels are gonna last for every institution wanting to have, you know, artists being part of them, et cetera, you know, in the future as well. But uh, I mean, I I needed to say that I've seen, you know, some progress, not enough, but definitely uh, towards, um, you know, some institution trying to include more diversity and obviously we're trying to be as encouraging as possible, you know, for the future. Mm -hmm. Thank you to all of you so um, uh, I think we should open
1: up to a few questions Uh, I'm afraid we might not be able to take all questions that came in we would start with a question that was sent in by Sima Itabasa already before we started the talk so uh, she was the very first question so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, and so here it goes Uh, a key part of dismantling oppressive structures involves giving up power how do you think art institutions, particularly those in the West, can begin to give up structures that uphold the West as the hub of the art world? How do you create a system that does not require Western perspectives to validate what is or not is not art? Mm. I'll,
3: I'll take one part of that question because I think it's <laughs> Sure. Um, so I've been thinking through um, the kind of radical democratic, redistribution of power and resources and what that could mean for an institution
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, and so um i'm sorry the rain is really falling here so i'm sorry if it's it's loud in the background so i'll come close it's closer getting it. dark you see yeah. we're so <laughs> sitting in the dark <laughs> um, <laughs> yes please. but um uh and so for me i'm really thinking very much about like um creating like i suppose forums um and those forums um have um you know resources in order to enact or have um to influence or shape or do part of the program um and so the difficulty i think <laughs> for any director is that you have you have to relinquish some control because you have to allow for um, a generative dialogue, um, to, to, to shape part of your program. Mm. Um, whereas of course, normally, you know, um, I'm not a control freak, but you know, like to select. <laughs> oh, you said it,
0: you
3: are. For me, that's, you know, that is part of the curatorial, um, of privilege. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My curatorial privilege is that, you know, you follow practices for a period of time and then, you get into a dialogue with an artist. You do studio visits. You you know you watch them, and you then you have an opportunity to invite them. Mm. So what does it mean if um, part of that process is um, in a wider dialogue with with other people? You know because and and it's you know it's a it's painful, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but you know that's that's part of it. So that's one aspect. The other aspect I think is really important is. Um, is is in relation to, and I don't know if it's 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 much more in relation to sort of we sort of see that you know our organisations curating an exhibition still has a kind of in a kind of hierarchy. Those seem to be the things that take up greater resources within the institution. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, although I have worked in many institutions before where education and training are, are funded and often um, part of those resources are also used somehow within the, still within the exhibition making. Mm. So I would like to also shift, uh, to think, to centre education Uh. and learning, you know, to shift the resources in this way, because actually maybe there's a greater benefit in the end in, in what might happen in terms of exhibition making. But I feel like, Mm. um, you know, Education and public programs—they're usually seen as secondary or research and add-ons. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also there's a lot of there's a lot of invisible labour also in research. Like, what ha- what would happen if I supported someone in the research more than I supported them in the um, you know production? Because there's mm-hmm. all this emphasis on mm-hmm. the 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 making of the thing, whatever mm-hmm. that thing is, mm-hmm. and what could happen if I put the so. I think there are some ways to rethink you know, the small pot of money that we receive, if anyone wants to, you know, continue (laughs) to debate, and of course we're welcome to that. Because in the end, I was thinking about this, I was like, it's just paying forward, because all you do is that the the funding that we receive is really supporting and nurturing um, the practices of artists. They are generating the culture for the future, which in the end comes back to the public anyway. So it's a circular economy, And so we need to find ways to continue if we want if we value culture if we see it as valuable then we need to continue to support it but i just think that maybe when things go into the institution there's a difficulty between the relationship between the institution and the artist and that is this a power relation we know this because the institution is the administrative body that gets the funding that administers the funds to the artist so I'm just wondering, you know, where can we shift in this um, aspect of that funnel of the funding? How can we use it to support some of the invisible labour and open up the decision-making processes?
5: I'd like to go as radical to say, and I don't think it's radical actually, but also that thing about culture, right? So culture, okay. I'm, I'm a carnivalist, there's, there's, you know, taking up space resistance, you know, we're not waiting, we don't, we just, it's, it's born out of. <laughs> mm-hmm. resistant and protest and mm-hmm. so this whole i find it really fascinating i move between the two different spaces with my own creative practice with those that um i work with and where i where i take people and, and where i put my work and where i see work that again it's that whole thing around endorsement you mm-hmm. know there's that thing about should it be have, if it hasn't got the white walls around it is that the space and i just think it's there's mm-hmm. lots of interesting aspects to with institutions because the minute and even the term right institution already it's got connotations of what that's going to mean oh, and yeah. bureaucracy and rules and so on we, we get that so there's always this kind of interesting play tension of where does culture where does art where do artists creatives where do they sit with these uh, in a way gatekeepers they they hold money you know <laughs> that's the funding because mm-hmm. many i'm sure like there'd be many creatives who would just do that and there are those people just doing their thing anyway and sometimes the institutions often not sometimes all too very often they're just catching up sometimes they're decades behind the scene of what's going on so (laughs) which again is quite amusing but there is that importance because I, i want to spring up about narratives and that's why i think art the arts are so powerful it's where when we look back who who was there who had a voice who mattered so that's why Mm. You know, people say, Oh, I'm not even get, engaging with this whole working with institutions, get rid of them, restructure completely all these uh, art fairs and galleries and all of this. But, you know, that's a very, really, as I said, that's a whole radical approach and that's okay. But at the same time, you know, there's the uh, there's the whole thing about archival, there's a the whole thing about having those educational spaces. So I think there's value in, in, in aspects in both. Um, And I think it's really, how do we kind of come from a position of really looking and deeply at these things in terms of who gets to say what is Mm -hmm. value that sits behind and has security around it Mm -hmm. and who gets to say, well, that's not valued and that just Mm gets this, um, you know, it doesn't last long, it's just doesn't matter anyone if it wasn't for the photographers or someone's phone or camera would we even know it existed and happened it could be so much more impactful and I just say that coming because I'm just thinking again all the time about the Notting Hill Carnival for example which is you know I'm the big part of but there's that for me it's always made me look an interesting way at these spaces because you know especially when they, they these spaces might try to Mm -hmm. I say try (laughs) you know but it's weird because things just don't transfer sometimes right Um, I'm I'm looking at the whole dance hall scene for example there's elements but it's really I just find it fascinating that perhaps we need to look at the spaces as well of where um culture so-called lives and sits and works and how does it interact with institutions and, and people in those positions as I say to not there's a lot of guardedness there's a lot of um interest in terms of perhaps maintaining the status quo not being taking a risk shall we say, you know, because I'm Yeah, we don't you might not know how, how it works out, but then if, if that if someone um, is Courageous and does take a risk not to come down heavy, you know on them if it doesn't work out We're all growing we're all learning here and uh-huh. we're all at different spaces and as I said on our own individual journeys so I really you know, I I, I do like institutions I do feel, I, I remember that moment, most people do when they first went to a gallery. And I was like, wow, it just, it's just something about being in and seeing something for real um, not a reproduction or just experiencing sound, whatever it is. Mm. Um, well, whatever you call it and where these interactions and these moments happen, mm. but there is something mm. I feel quite special about where there's a dedicated space where you can just take it in it is different to um, when it's perhaps, as I said, just all action and it's, and it's kind of merged within their everyday life. There is something about that pause um, and it is kind of almost elevated, now rightly or wrongly, but there is something I think there to, to bear in mind as well. And I, um, I think if we think about those impactful moments, you know, mm. so many creatives, you go back, you talk to them, when was that moment for you? And it was, wasn't it, when they had that first Mm-hmm. Not just, i'm not just talking about a visual piece of art it could be when they yeah. heard something, you or when they you know there was that that space for that to happen Is what i'm referring mm. to.
4: well i think uh, from institutions you know the problem is like we're going to see slow changes because of the funding and depending where the funding is coming you know usually unfortunately in the past um it had came from you know not automatically um sources that will you know one of fun specific you know alternative project or um project including you know black artists and unfortunately we we've seen it in the past like this so i think maybe the future is to alternative spaces you know that you know have you know that um that mission you know rather than trying to rely too much on the old institutions but maybe flexible spaces that can be more uh, adaptable to what you know we want to see in them you know and uh, might not be depending on also um, unfortunately white collectors you know giving money to a museum or you know uh, uh, corporate uh, (laughs) corporate banks giving money to a museum with a certain I mean institution that that won't have to decide to allocate you know officially part of their money to do something like that, you know, and this is what we will hope we'll see with this movement have started that maybe, you know, there's going to be funded, allocated to, to change education, to change, um, um, you know what we see in exhibitions um, but it, unfortunately I mean this. the system is um, I feel really bad because with the fair you know people in the beginning when I started it were telling me you know why do you think those uh, artists were never included in the you know in the narratives and, mm-hmm. and, and the truth is that you know it all came to you know playing by the rules as well you know so for you know artists or creatives who don't want to play by the art rules as it is today it is also very difficult you know to get them into the right galleries to get them into the right institution because there's a bit of a you know of a circuit that they have to go to to arrive or to achieve a certain visibility so i Mm -hmm. think we we have to make sure that they are part of those you know those those games and those rules even if we don't like them because at the end of the day Mm -hmm. um i don't think all is going to change in you know in one day. So uh, to make sure we achieve, um, you know, the visibility they deserve, the changes we want to see, want to make sure that, you know, we understand how it's played and make sure that we are able to be part of the, of the discussions and, you know, the, the rules as well. Um, and I think maybe with the movement, you know, this is what we're been able to achieve right now is making sure that this voice is heard. And is you know around around the table and is able to to be voiced
0: mm-hmm. and
4: um hopefully this is all that we can um actually um hope that this is gonna be achieved through uh through maybe shifting the way the funding is distributed, and this has to be you know mm-hmm. maybe a policy from the institutions you know that has to be there you know it doesn't matter who gives the funding you know it has mm-hmm. to go. A certain amount has to go to developing such uh, activities but it, mm-hmm. it's very difficult Um, even in terms of uh, you know the grants that maybe a museum receive or artwork that museums receive institutions receive today there will be people probably you know i don't want to use this term but white collectors give granting the work to a museum you know and mm-hmm. if you think about what they've been collecting over the years it's definitely not black you know, artists of black content, you know, so mm-hmm. even in terms of acquisition, it takes a longer time, there'll be should be more funding coming from the mm-hmm. museum to acquire, you know, uh, maybe artists, you know, from a, a device, a, a oh, diverse right. background. Yeah. So mm-hmm.
5: Sorry, it, it, mm-hmm. it just made me think about a term of that thing of white sanction, you know, that's, that's kind of the issue as well, is not mm-hmm. it? what you're saying about mm-hmm. the rules? And this is, I think, what's very much at the moment, people are sort of question like they always have been. But I feel that there's an energy to say, "Well, can is there space? Can we start doing things differently? And can we look at these rules? You know?" Because money is this is it. It's a, it's a major factor. Without yeah. the funds, without the money, and it does um, affect so much and decisions that are made. Um, yeah. What happens to artists as well who Kind of so-called make it and get there, and you know all of these things that you've touched upon, uh, Toria, that, that need to be brought into the mix and considered, because that also can affect change,
0: yes.
5: and maybe slow down change, as I said before. But um yeah. money's a big one.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure.
2: So we have a last question. Of course, there are many questions, but we oh. ask you a last question, um, um, and would love to have it short you know as as as, as short as possible so um, um how can new emerging talents within the arts challenge institutions even at the initial point of an open call what advice would you give us aside from building uh creating spaces for or create for our sorry creatives on our own what advice would you give us aside from building a crea- creative Space for our creatives on our own. Sorry.
5: So, uh, I would say first of all, unity is a mm-hmm. big thing because um, I, I think if you're if you're talking about creatives as in a group, I, I think that's what the if that's the questions referring to, rather than just as an, an individual. But mm-hmm. with art, there's always been that thing about shock, isn't there? And, and I'm not saying to do something outrageous, but. But looking back in time, it's really, it's really people that kind of did something that was a bit, oh my goodness, it shifted people's thinking. It, it mm-hmm. got them, it, there was something that um, got them to, re, to engage with or it, it made them think differently about something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, there's sometimes a bravery or an authenticity there as well. So I think there's something about just being who you are um, because often... As I say, if you if you're lucky enough to be on this planet long enough, things just come back around anyway. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so, so just keep doing what you what you're doing, believe in yourself, and mm. I'll say the unity thing because it's not just about oh, and I am going to get there. And oh, what mm. does that mean anyway? Mm. You know, I, I, I that with education, I kind of got to the top of the mountain. There's nothing up there, kind of thing. You know, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, be bold. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thank <laughs> you.
3: Um, I do think there is a lot to be said about making something happen outside of the institution yeah. mm.
0: um,
3: because actually that's often the thing that makes institutions look at what's happening yes. Yes. Um, yeah. so
0: there's
3: a, and there's a lot to be said also of like, you know, there being a kind of, you know, a, um, a collection of people, no, know, working together to something and I think that's, that's about sort of getting to know your peers and supporting each other and creating mm. that space for each other or holding space for each other. But I definitely think, you know, when I think about, um, I also wanted to say, like, just um, being bold enough sometimes to um, approach people and institutions, like, Mm -hmm. um, and invite people to things. Cause I I think that there is this sense of like, you know, there are humans working in institutions. So, you know, like, If I get an invitation to something and if I can make it, I'll try and make it, you know? So it's, I just think there's nothing wrong with this, like, Mm -hmm. just like, because I think, especially in the UK, I I really feel that there's such a huge hierarchy in conversation. You're the curator who works there, you know, but actually we're also just human. So we need to kind Mm -hmm. of, also, I think for, you know, us working inside institutions, I think it's really important to work out how we can open up our, door and even just make space for for the unexpected to happen you mm. know so that's mm. also something maybe in a, in a restructuring you know maybe I sort of take half a day and I say there's no meetings but that's for a moment for people to so call or to come mm. or whatever so I think you know there's we need to kind of you know um yeah, just I just think that this is a really important moment for us not to, you know, we're all in our houses. Do you know what I mean? Like we're all like doing these conversations right now in the places that we live. You know, so my institution is in Peckham, so yes. you're not, you're not uh, <laughs> you know, there's no. Do you know what I mean? I'm just trying to.
5: Yeah, yeah, we know. What you yeah, yeah. You yeah. Can so, area drop. I've got to put Halston in there. Sorry, you know Kilburn. I was
3: like, put it in at the end, you know.
5: Mm-hmm. No, but, yeah, um, I was mm-hmm. just going to say just very quickly. There's access though, right? So I think that people are doing that, but it's about how can the, how can you get them to look through all the traffic and to mm. pay attention to someone perhaps who doesn't have the blue tick, who doesn't have all. You know, it's that it's that visibility thing. It is a challenge, and I'm not sure, but maybe it is that. Like put some time in their diaries where they they seek out those that aren't maybe aren't amplified enough their voices aren't amplified but they are pretty amazing there's Mm -hmm. so many people out there like that and not to be so lazy Mm -hmm. thank you so much um i think we really have to wrap up
1: now because there might be like a limit on the zoom and then we're all gone. So it was better to say be so frustrated.
3: One minute. <laughs> thank, you, thank you so much, yeah, everyone. Was um, it was a very great conversation. I yes. really, really yeah. Thanks it. for the invitation, and thanks for all the people that are, like stayed with us. Yes, yes exactly. So and so really great. Oh, yeah. Sending so,
4: the recording to everyone, the people who registered, and the people on oh, our. Look at all the
3: Thank you.
0: This
2: is so amazing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh so, so look at them. <laughs>
1: no. for your great work that you do, and yeah. we, you know we just keep continue.
2: On. Yeah. Yeah, i'm looking forward to keep the- on doing the great work. Exactly.
0: Yeah.
2: Whenever that is, maybe live next year. <laughs> Hopefully earlier. But <laughs> Exactly. We'll
0: yeah. see each okay. Okay. okay.
2: Have a good so, evening. Bye. Thank you. Good evening. Bye.
0: bye. Bye everyone. Bye. bye. bye.